Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Anacon Chelsea podcast with me, your host, Yan. How are you all doing today? I hope you're well. Well, you're probably not well because we've just come off a very difficult defeat to swallow at the hands of champions Manchester City. Um, yeah, it's pretty fucked up, man, for a whole host of reasons. And it's caused quite the storm between Chelsea fans. Um, I don't really care what opposition fans think about the whole scenario or journalists or media outlets and all the uh, responses you'd expect from them in regards to Sari's situation. But it's caused a rift between the fans. Um, Often see this in clubs when managers don't get results. But uh, today, I don't have a guest on. What I did is I tweeted out and got some um, questions from you guys about talking points to get through it and uh, (laughs) I think a lot of them are going to be pretty pretty obvious questions but let's get into it. Okay so let's get into some questions. Uh, First up Marsha McLean um, often interacting, interacting with me on Twitter excuse me. Is the club going to continue with Sari Ball? What needs to change, both strategically and tactically, for it to work in the EPL? Um, Alright, so, I mean, this might be a recurring theme <laughs> in, the, in this Q&A, but um, the thing is, right, the the club, the sorry keeps coming out with, <laughs> this is really difficult for me to try to try and uh, explain, so... Remember when Conte came out at the end and said, I can't change? The club sacked him for that, ultimately. We all saw it coming. But from the way it started with Sari saying, I'm not, I won't change, but my, but my target is for my football to work. That's his recurring narrative. My football to work. So the club, Chelsea Football Club, the board, the powers that be, certainly Roman, we know he likes, or certainly once attacking football at the club they would have given him that target they would have he would have arrived at chelsea and they were like please recreate this um this football that you know had europe watching we'd like that at chelsea please um we'll hopefully get you the players in time da 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 and um you know the football purists will tell you in theory if Sari Ball, Sarismo, Sari's philosophy, whatever you want to call it, if it's executed properly, it doesn't need to change. And I fear this might be his downfall. Um, not because I think he should change. I think if he does change, it's him going against his ethos, his morals, his work, and why the club got him. And it would probably be worse off anyway, because he's not practiced in doing other stuff. He's practiced in getting this this type of football working so in terms of what needs to change it's got to we don't have time for personnel in ter- well this, obviously the transfer window is closed but uh, it's it's very difficult to answer that question Marsha because the players didn't play his football and he's the first to tell you that so it's it's probably and strategically and ta- tactically he's created a brand of football that when executed is not supposed to fail if that makes sense and obviously that's such a huge ask in such a demanding league but I feel like the players need to do better if you do analyse that City defeat it was individual mistakes all over the gaff that caused it so it's really 
in terms of strategically and tactically, it's it's him playing his football still, but it's players doing it properly. The one thing I would concede in, and what I found interesting, is in the reverse fixture against City when we beat them 2-0, it was his 4-3-3 of the same players and positions, but we played more reserved and we scored goals in ways that we weren't that were very unsorry ball-esque. Um so it's ironic, you'd assume he would have done that at the Etihad and tried what he did at the Etihad at home in the Premier League. Maybe he thought that he had more time so he could try and execute it here and we've just come off a 5-0 win in a training game against Huddersfield. But I think, to answer your question, it's a player's thing. Um, okay, so I want to move on to the next question. Uh, DB at my humble N'Golo. What should Sari do next, considering our board doesn't back him in the summer? Um, is that if if can he do anything? Okay, so that's I guess um, a theoretical question. If the board doesn't back him in the summer, if the board doesn't back him in the summer, that means they're getting a new manager and they're going to appoint a new coach. So there'll be some level of backing um, if he stays, if he makes it to the summer. Let's be real. Um, so what can he do? It's it's the, the to play attacking possession, fast paced football in the Premier League. You need the right kind of fullbacks. Uh, we had wing backs last season, which don't need to play that way. Uh, and even before that, we played a sort of defensive, pragmatic style that relied more on defensive um, fullbacks. So, like Pep did, he he loves a fullback, doesn't he? He spent loads and loads of money um, on getting different um, fullbacks in. Uh, what happened to Danilo? Anyway, point being, for this kind of fast-paced, decent football to work, it's very important. Uh, you know, Walker and um, Rose at Spurs when they were doing it successfully, the sort of high press, fast paced football. It's imperative, and I think that might be currently our biggest downfall. But it's a uh, half spaces at, as well at the moment that players are just leaving exposed to get murdered in against uh, teams like Manchester City. So hopefully they'll look at that and learn. But it's trying not to be so reactive, isn't it? So, in, in terms of what he can do, is maybe get new fullbacks. The club, as is he'd have you know would he sit on the bench or rotate a bit more for a better you know as someone comes in for Zappa Costa who's more suited for the style might muscle Aspilicueta out Aspilicueta's 29 you know so it can happen it can just new fullbacks probably get a few quid for Alonso sell them to a team that actually wants a left wing back can score goals and <laughs> then he's got to be worth <laughs> loads of money right <laughs> so um I've, I'm not an Alonso hater in terms of I'm appreciative of what he's done, but it's this whole season's been so evident of how he just doesn't suit the system, and more importantly, how his relationship breakdown with fellow players on the pitch, like Hazard and the rest of it, and where's he running to when City on the counter attack? He's just closing his eyes and just running in a random direction. So yeah, that's that's um that's my vague answer for that man. Um, okay, so Chris Hayden, let's see what you're saying, bro. We've seen repeatedly this season in the first team selection isn't cutting it. Agreed. When will we see the likes of Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Ampadu, Emerson, Callum Hudson-Odoi, Christensen getting regular game time? Players who actually want to represent Chelsea. That's interesting, isn't it? I've said in this pod, if you, if you guys are regular listeners, you'll know that I've always regurgitated the same sentiment of how I feel Ampadu's probably the most proper Chelsea player <laughs> at the moment. Like, obviously, David Luiz has got all the heart. As Pliqueta, same, all the heart. He does frown a lot. You know? <laughs> he does look like an unhappy captain. But in terms of sticking one in someone, 
leaving a boot in, starting a fight and stopping a fight. Ampadu's got all of that, and he's a bloody teenager from Exeter. So, um, yeah, I believe those players do want to fight. Uh, Emerson, you know, it's just like any other new signing. He just wants to play. Um, but Rubes wants to play for the badge. Callum Hudson-Odoi certainly does. And I'll say Christensen too. Uh, Christensen's a little bit softer. He's not like a hard-ass centre-back, but he's certainly a good player. He'd be the top, top-tier player, Christensen, provided his nerves problem or, you know, that problem that he gets when he has to go to the toilet, apparently, before. I think Conte did that to him ever since he kept playing him after the Barcelona mistake. Anyway. So, yeah, you're right. This is the question, Chris, because that is a really good question. If he, if he did say, look, I'm not changing my football. This is what I've been brought here to do, and the club don't want me to change my football. So I don't, the club doesn't, and a lot of the fans don't as well, even though there seems to be a big split in the fan base at the moment. So a superb compromise would be, say we go play Malmo in the week, and a couple of these players play, and they play so, so well he has to start taking them into consideration for a freshen up because when you have that sort of I don't want I want Huddersfield was good for a couple of reasons but it's almost become redundant really hasn't it so it, there's that sort of stagnation again Ruben Loftus cheek for me is a starter Ampadu should be in rotation, and I'm sure he'll be very happy with that, signing his new contract and understanding that. Callum ultimately should be happy with that too, but I feel like the fact that we've only just brought him in for that, he doesn't trust the club. And as it stands at the moment, Jar just... I know Christensen looked good with Louise, but Jesus Christ, man. I'd be happy to see Christensen come in for either. I love Louise and Rudiger, both for loads of different reasons, but I just just seeing a new centre-back in there after that would just be refreshing. <laughs> a welcome, a welcome uh, sight, really. Okay, so, yeah, it's difficult. Obviously, that question can't be answered, certainly by another Chelsea fan like me, Chris, but it's a good question. Um, it, and, like, a, a small bit of lineup compromise um, would probably do a lot good in Fasari and his current situation and even if that's not like you know changing the formation okay house of blue what happened to our wing play Alonso and Moses were a great combo I thought now it seems like the wingers are missing okay so obviously Alonso and Moses were perfect wing backs uh, that was um that was sort of Sari's not excuse me sorry Conte's like uh, revelation at Chelsea um, I don't see Moses playing in this Chelsea team well obviously he's a he's away now on loan but I never no one really saw that working and I thought Alonso would work in terms of the heat maps and shapes and where players occupy I thought he'd be playing the same occupying the same space as a wing back in Sarri's system uh, as he did in Conte's 3-4-3 three, three. Um, but it, it, it just looks shit doesn't it uh, he doesn't. He, he's got the lowest cross uh, success rate in the Premier League. He's he's a striker that's playing at fullback, <laughs> who can score wicked free kicks and bang volleys. Um, yeah, I mean it's great. I love Marcus Alonso. There was a time under Conte we thought we had the best left back in the league, but maybe we just had the best left wing back in the league. Certainly doesn't suit the style. Um. Emerson did have an, an awful game against Bournemouth, but uh, attributes and skills-wise, 
does look like he fits the bill a lot better. Uh, if not, like one of the, most, the previous questions answered or spoke about fullbacks in the window, my friend. All right, Chels for life at Aussie Ryan. Is it about time Roman sell the club? Uh, if he's lost all interest in progressing Chelsea forward, now this is this is it, isn't it? I mean, it's all fucked up, man. Like not too long ago, there was the new stadium. Before all this visa nonsense or issues, rather, he was like, it all looked good. Roman had this ambition for Chelsea, you know. The, the new stadium would have been excellent here. He might have got his finally got his attacking coach and Sarri and everything could have been great. All Chelsea fans love Roman Abramovich for what he's offered us and um, brought to our club in recent times. He's brought success. Um, you know, I was a little Chelsea fan and loved Solo when I was a kid, and this is um what we've had. What we've we'd never would have expected this to happen to Chelsea and he basically what I'm trying to get at here very with great difficulty is there is a, a big love towards Roman Abramovich from Chelsea fans and you know he'd always be like if you look at opposition owners like Newcastle, West Ham, Arsenal there's loads and loads of examples of clubs that really don't like their owners even Man United the Glazers and whatever but, you know, Roman would be in his little box at Stamford Bridge cheering on. He loved it. He loved all of it, you know. So we had that affinity with our owner. And that's rare, you know. It's rare. But it does look like... I think he's popping in and out with his visa. But I don't know what the situation is. And because he hasn't been sort of floating around anymore, would some sort of new Chinese investment, would that give us the financial muscle again to do what Man City have done? Um... And really start challenging. I don't know. I mean, if 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 their affinity is eventually just going to dissolve away anyway, because he can't even work in the country for one reason or another. I know his maybe his Israeli citizenship allows him to come in for different in in different uh, methods or something. I, I'm not really savvy and all that. But um, it's difficult, man. Is it time for, has he lost interest? I feel like it's still his project and he cares a lot about it, but I'll be, I'm just speaking like an assumption that we can all, all his fans only speculate, but I guess we'll probably find out maybe within the next couple of years, maybe. But it's a good question to ask and unfortunately, I don't have any answers for any of these questions, I'm just talking to the listeners really, but it's a very difficult thing to even talk about really, mate. Okay, so, Chels Blues. At Blues 22 Chelsea, I follow Real Madrid very closely. They've incorporated their young players after Barca beat them 5-1 earlier this year. Vinicius Jr. very good. Regulion can't pronounce that. Odriozola, Ceballos, Llorente phased out. Isco, Marcelo, Asensio. Excuse me for all the butchering of the pronunciations. Shouldn't sorry try this too. Again, it's more like. It's more like rom- I say it's romantic, but it's, it's it's not. Shouldn't be romantic. It should be like, should be what clubs do, especially when you have a, an academy like Chelsea's. Um, yeah, I mean maybe our players are being phased out though, mate. Um, this could be a farewell tour for you know both, both Willian and Pedro. Maybe probably Hazard. So, you know Pulisic coming in. Maybe if Hazard does go, he'll stay and start on the left and get the number ten shirt. It's just right now, 
you know, he's just come into this club. There's this thing about Chelsea managers in coming to uh, the club. They're, it's almost like they've got um, an obligation to play the old guard. I've, I've said a few times about when Conte came and was playing JT and Ivanovic and play, tried to play the 4-2-4 and before he made his 3-4-3 switch. It's almost like they felt like they've got the obligation to play these big-name players. And, you know, it takes a takes a while. Obviously, Conte switched up, but I don't think Sarri's going to suddenly start playing kids. Um, hopefully, we'll see some changes, though. All right. So, yeah, pure Chelsea thing. Similar. Uh, use players like Ampadu, Christensen. Yeah. Uh, and Callum Hudson-Odoi. It's same again, man. I've already talked about it. He should do, really. Uh, especially now... But it's difficult. It's just more difficult than ever. With, I mean, maybe the Europa League. We'll see on Thursday. We'll know a bit more about that. Uh, John says, discuss the lack of leadership, etc. From the owner, oh, from the owner of fifty. Okay, right. Okay, so I'm trying to dissect that question. Um, I think you're talking about Roman. Discuss the lack of leadership from the owner. Okay, right. Yeah, it's interesting, but Roman's never been. In um, in the forefront, is he? He's never been like there representing. He, you know, he, I think he's done like one interview in his whole Chelsea tenure. You don't know. He might be kicking ass behind the behind the scenes, man. It's very difficult. I doubt it if he's not in the fucking country. It is weird because it's Granite Sky, isn't it? She's running the club. Um. Okay, so yeah, let's let's. Let's talk about. Let's let me let me, let me just um, segue from what you're saying, leadership and direction. I want to take that into direction, and uh, War Sam has got some long ass handle that I'm not going to be able to say. Board hiring sacking policy. Players need to get rid of. What is team? Yeah. So yeah, director of football. Let's bring that one up. I do. I'm going to end with my own thoughts. I'm sorry. Um. But yeah. So director of football. That for at the moment. Marina Grenescar makes a lot of money. She's a hard ass. She's really good with transfers. I think she always has been. But as much as everyone, you know, hated Emanalo, looks like he was doing a good job. <laughs> it's classic football fandom, though, isn't it? Um, it's very difficult because it's almost like hiring. Well, it's not quite as volatile as hiring the right coach but it's nearly there because you've been putting a lot of eggs in that basket aren't you with a director of football there was that time where a lot of fans were calling out for Balak or they just wanted like people Chelsea DNA back in the club what we so desperately need to return but I'm not sure that's the way to go you know there needs to be someone that knows a good football strategy for the Premier League's current climate and can almost foresee the future development of where football's going and, you know, find the right players to implement into a pacey high-press system like Sari wants to play because I've said before, and I'll, uh, I'll uh, repeat the sentiment of how I feel that pragmatism may come round again in the Premier League and be and prevail as the right tactic again. But as it stands, it doesn't look like it's the way to go to be the the top of the top of the top, which Chelsea should absolutely have the ambition to be. So director of football or technical director or sporting director, whichever title you want to give this um this individual that needs to join the club, I'm fully with with that um idea. 
but it's easier as fans to go get one in, get one in, but maybe they're constantly looking to get one in. I don't think maybe Marina Graniscar feels like she'll be threatened, but what the fuck does she know about, like, football anyway? Do you know what I mean? Like, so is she... I don't know. I mean, they can make suggestions and recommendations because certainly at the moment it doesn't look like coaches can. <laughs> um, you know, they just coach the players. So if a director of football is working in tandem with Marina Graniscar, who are getting players in together, then they can feed down into the coach who apparently is more disposable than anywhere else in the system. That makes sense. So it's a great question. There needs to be that other person now, really, doesn't there? And there needs to be uh, continuity in purchases and themes within players and approaches. And if that's not led by the coach, that's fine. That's the Chelsea way now. But the coach can be hired accordingly from this new duo above. And that's really, I mean, it sounds like the perfect answer, right? But you don't know. Okay, so this is not going to be a super long podcast but I want to end on this question which leads me on to just the chat about Sari discuss the way sorry uh, Dr. Boy Boyka sorry bro I'm awful at reading these uh, uh, Twitter handles out discuss the way forward do we move on past the regime of hiring and second coaches or perhaps is it now time to consider sticking with the manager and getting rid of the players what do you propose is the next order of business so this is essentially what it's got the fan base split a lot of people just want them sacked immediately and anyone put into you know immediately put player maybe a 4-4-2 um and put Kante back to where he belongs people need to remember that Kante can't go back to this system where he plays if we want to play Kante world cup winning Kante you know Leicester Chelsea Premier League winning Kante PFA with player winner of the year can't even talk Kante he needs to play in the midfield too because that's what he does so um you know bring in a new coach play a 4-4-2 or a 4-2-3-1 whatever and be a bit more rigid and just try and grind out top form and everyone's entitled to their opinion um absolutely I don't think that should happen I mean obviously if things get so dismal and the players start fighting and you know and the coach starts saying ridiculous things and then fine I'll, you know you have to be yeah I'm even the sort of people who want sorry to stay have to be lucid enough and not stubborn to understand that but it's a you know his foot people are criticizing his football when we've played incredibly poorly against Bournemouth and um against City that's not his football I mean any any proper football fan who, underst- who understands what he's done or seen what he's done prior or knows what he's trying to bring would know that's not his football. And it's just reactive to criticise his football <clears throat> after seeing these performances because he's not that's not his game plan to execute that. Uh, it's incredibly obvious when you see it successfully happening. Yeah, high possession, but it's not sideways passes. And there's way less movement in the Chelsea side than Napoli. Say what you want about the league differences, but people can still run. You have to run into space um, while doing these passes. And you have to occupy players and bring them out and pull them out. You know, whatever. The vertical ticky-tack or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Anyway, so, sorry, I got... I was really hyped with Sari. 
um, coming to Chelsea. But more importantly, I really respected the club's decision to bring him in. It was a really refreshing change um, and a welcome one. I can't answer the question, or if there is a question there. But it would certainly be impressive by Chelsea if they stuck with him. Um, and it would it would mark int- uh, you know intent because Sarri's a, a great footballing mind. Don't forget that his outlook on football is amazing. You know he talks about the joy of playing football from when you're a kid growing up, and you have to nurture that element of joy and winning and playing and play and it's the nurture of play and that you know. That, that makes you your best version of yourself, the most creative version of yourself. It's very forward-thinking, and a lot of proper football men not like that, but it's, it's superb, and it's refreshing. Maybe it's too radical for Chelsea in terms of what we've been used to, but it is refreshing. Um, and it's uh, the sad thing is a lot of people want to see him fail now. If we like won a few games, they'd still be stubborn and against him or whatever. If Chelsea... Sack, sorry, I'd be disappointed. But Chelsea brings you joy and Chelsea disappoints you. That's our club. I'm not sure the hell we'd fucking do if we did sack him. Um, and it would just basically confirm the narrative of a shit show. Um, you know, I think part of the reason he was brought in was maybe even to keep Hazard at the club, but, you know, sacking him and showing the instability and more of a shit show that Hazard's been so used to with the sacking of managers. He's joked about it a few times as well. For me, you know, he's 90% gone anyway, but that would be the 100%. So it's a, it's a shit show, guys, but you know what? This is what we've always done. We, we, we'll be back. <laughs> and, uh, we'll, you know, we'll win games. Just don't be too reactive. We've got great players, but we don't have the best players. Uh, and ultimately, if they stick with Sorry, it means they're going to give them the players, which means they're really going to try with the project. And that is a, a true forward-thinking representation of how they want to move forwards. Like, you know, Klopp with Liverpool, they're looking good now. Um, the faith Pochettino got long-term... Pep Guardiola, the preparation for his arrival, the investment, the uh, window allowance for him to fail, even though he's fucking Pep Guardiola, let's remember. Maybe the greatest coach in, well, the greatest coach in the world right now. So there you go. Let's end the Q&A. Look guys, it was a crap defeat, but let's not be too down because football and life goes on. Yeah, it was humbling, but maybe we needed it. It all feeds into the great narrative. And I waited to the end, but, you know, Liverpool aren't top of the league. <laughs> um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I really appreciate all the support and the uh, nice messages on Twitter. I'm really interested in getting into the conversation about Chelsea, tactics, football, and whatever. Uh, yeah, if, you, if you're a listener and you've been listening to me all season and you haven't uh, given me a, a five-star rating on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it because it does support me and help people find the podcast that might enjoy it. Yeah, if you know some people who might enjoy my podcast who are also Chelsea fans, why not recommend it to them? Hey guys, thanks for joining me again. Up the Chels, keep the blue flag flying high, carefree, wherever you may be, mate. And I'll see you later.